What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite lore cast on the Citadel. Welcome to the Mass Effect Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the vast lore behind the Mass Effect games. Welcome, Spectres, to the Mass Effect Lorecast. I am your host for today. I am taking, I'm assuming, direct control. It is me, in Seven Legend. Listen to yourself. You're indoctrinated. But we are not having a Reaper tier patron or Reaper tier episode this month. We are having the patron chat, and joining me to discuss it are a host of our patrons. So I'm going to go down the list, but first. Let's have each and every one of you say hi on the count of three. So one, two, three. Hi. So there's the whole group that's going to be uh, joining me to discuss who our favorite romance is this week. I expect some pretty heated debate, heated in more ways than one. Um, but we're going to have arguments for, we're going to have arguments against, hopefully we all remain friends by the end of this, but I know that people, uh, have very strong opinions and this is an issue that they hold very closely to their heart. I think I've made very evident who my favorite romance is. So I'll, if I have any comments about mine, I will save them for the end, but we are going to get started here. I'm going to go, uh, let's see, that would be clockwise around this zoom call that we're in. And, um, by the way we are pre-recording this so if you're listening to it after the fact and thinking oh i missed the live show you didn't miss it tom is not feeling well so i am i am hosting for today uh but first we have apollo apollo would you like to introduce yourself you've been here for you know a, new, a number of episodes hi i'm i'm apollo i i don't know what else to say that's about it 
<laughs> Apollo, I know, is hey, Apollo has very strong feelings about uh, his favorite romance in the game. I'm not going to I'm not going to steal your thunder or spoil it. So we'll, we'll get to that after the fact. And we also have a new patron joining us, MJ Marr. Uh, how's it going, MJ Marr? Hey, what's going on? Happy to be here. Gotcha. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being here and welcome in. Uh, always happy to see a new face. We also have G-Man returning. G-Man, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? It's uh, good to be here. Yes, it is. It is great to be here. This is uh, a welcome end to my very long week. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the weekend, looking forward to this and uh, happy Memorial Day, by the way, to everyone who's going to be celebrating that. We also have Mike. Mike, how's it going? Good evening. I finally figured out when we do this. And so I'm here. Yes, I know it's a little bit uh, confusing for anyone trying to join or anyone who's trying to track down our live shows. That's because we're normally live on Twitch at Robots Radio uh, on Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern. But for the patron chats, we scoot that a little bit later so that we can make sure everyone can meet uh, meet this time requirement. But I should uh, clarify, it's no one's fault but mine. <laughs> well, you Not are on the same that, time zone as me. You are in the same time zone as me, so I, I know that that's, that's true. Uh, but th we also have that Spectre J. Welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. This is one of the things I look forward to every month, so glad to be back. Me too. I very much look forward to this as well. Uh, and of course, we have the lovely Genesis, who has changed her name on Zoom to Genesis I Heart the Space Chicken today. Welcome in. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious at this point that I most definitely heart the space chicken. Oh, yes. So we'll be talking about the chicken samurai uh, boyfriend later today. <laughs> but, and finally, uh, last but not least, we have Turbo Toboggan joining us. Turbo, what's up? Nothing much. Glad the Wi-Fi can handle this. Yes, and if anyone's Wi-Fi does cut out, don't worry, you can just join the Zoom call back uh, and we will uh, progress through this as best as we can. Uh, but I am going to ask everyone to just again, keep your mics muted while uh, everyone else is talking. And then if you have like something you'd like to say, just maybe signal that you're going to unmute by raising your hand function in Zoom. That'd be helpful. Um, but again, we are here to talk about romances and if anyone's curious about mine, I think I talked about it for two hours. You can go back and find the Ashley episodes of the Mass Effect lore cast. And I also talked about it on Genesis's show, Two Girls, One Ship. But I'm not going to take up any more time because this time is where we can hear from our patrons. So in that same order, I'm going to go around. Apollo, you want to kick us off with who your who your uh, heart beats for in this in this video game series? Well, anybody in here that knows me already knows. But rather than say it, I can just show it. So, oh, so he's you're holding uh, up a photo of who? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Tali as my favorite romance. And so, for our listeners who are, who are not watching this video on YouTube, he has a framed photo uh, that I'm assuming you, you're keeping at your desk here, which is the same photo from Mass Effect Three of Tali. It is. Bioware made it available, and I bought it immediately. Okay, so you're dedicated to Tali. Uh, no one's going to cause you to, to reconsider that, I assume. But why don't you tell us why? Tali is, in the game, Tali is the one that I think, if if all these characters were real, Tali is the one that I would romance in real life because I just like who she is. She's kind of nerdy. She's super smart. 
So she's got that going for her. I mean, if we're just talking about the game, Rannick with the Romance Tolly is my favorite little section of any of the games, no matter what. The scene you get at the, at the end where she sits down and starts talking about her future and all of that and takes off her mask. You don't get to see her face yet, but all that, that's that's my favorite scene in the game, period. So I just like her all around. That is a that is a fantastic culmination of a romance. I have to agree. They 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 very clearly put a lot of effort into that, and I think it shows uh, more so than what they did with the culmination of Ashley's romance. But that's uh, a sore point for me. All right, so let's open this floor up to the rest of the patrons here. Do you agree that Tally is the best romance here? And and. If if Tally was who you were planning to talk about when we get to you, you don't have to chime in right now. But if you agree that Tally is the best romance, then I want to hear some some also reasons in support of it. And maybe maybe not the best one, but you also like Tally's romance. So who else has something to say? That Specter J looks like you're raising your hand here. What what's up? Yeah, so um, I agree with him. I'm not going to say that she's one of the best. Um, I do agree with him. There's a lot of great things that make Tally one of the best. Um, it's just her character development from Mass Effect 1 into Mass Effect 3. I mean, Mass Effect 1, she's just a street rat, you know, that, you, that you're having to rescue. And you, you can't romance her in Mass Effect 1. I wish you could because that would make it a lot better to carry on through the whole trilogy. But Mass Effect 2, she really becomes this own person. You really start developing this kind of sense of person who she is and everything many many of my playthroughs i've done multiple like i I think i'm at least 20 deep and she's somebody that i constantly go back and redo just because i like the way the story plays out and i like her as a person street rat i assume apollo that 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 you and if tally were real wouldn't take kindly to that word but it is something that uh i, I feel like koreans are referred to uh <laughs> derogatorily nonetheless i mean he's not wrong <laughs> she is on the run she is on the run when we meet her in mass effect one but yes i i agree uh that her character arc is pretty dynamic and i do appreciate that about her as well all right does anyone else have Anything else that uh, they'd like to, you know, say about in support of Tally Turbo? Yeah, she was my uh, choice too. But like you said, I love, I like her uh, character. She goes from like, I don't know if there was, but I feel like someone who grows into themselves during those things. She goes for, like he said, I'm not going to use that term he used because that's very offensive. But she goes into like this naive, like young woman and then by the end of it she's an admiral she, it, well depending on your choices but she, she, it, it, she could be dead for all but uh, she goes from who, someone who, who of like, us would choose that turbo a sick sick person chooses that or a person that didn't prepare enough time which means no offense we won't judge you for that, but you need to neutral work on that. Neutral Shepherd, Neutral Shepherd, yeah. does take much offense to that. Just kidding, he doesn't care. Yeah, uh, it's neutral. <laughs> he doesn't care. So but, yeah, I, joke for those of you who 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 hadn't watched my Neutral Shepherd playthrough. Tally died uh, because of his uh, negligence and his indifference to anyone's welfare. Uh, so she didn't live in Mass Effect Two, and we never woke up Legion. Which means the scenes that Turbo is referencing had little weight for that playthrough. But 
Turbo, you're saying that you never let that happen. Uh, no, she had, she never, I, ne, uh, all the people, she never died for me and stuff. I just, she just never died. I've, I've lost, I've, the only person I've ever lost is Dane, but that's something else. But uh, I like how she grows confident and it like goes from like this person, like you can't really, it, I wouldn't trust her romance, like her feelings for me when in the beginning, cause it's like, oh, she has a crush on me. It's like, it's not that serious. But in the second one, it's like, because you have to take the serious for like Koreans have to take romance with other species or even other Koreans serious because if something goes wrong, they could die. So I always yes, felt like her love fragile. is a, a very, she like, she didn't just, this isn't just a fling. This is something serious that she thought like, Hey, I actually have feelings for you in my opinion. So that's why I always liked her romance more. It wasn't like not saying anyone else in the game or other romances are just flings, but some of them can be, especially Jack. Oh, hey, well, right. no, nothing wrong with flings if that's your cup of tea. Yeah, I guess. but, uh, but uh, Tally's never felt like a fling to me. It always felt serious because of her biology. So that's yes. why I like her romance. Well, I think it's also uh, a reflection of her character too. You know, she does. She's not going to go into it lightly, um, and so, and and perhaps part of her actual design of how her character looks, because all Koreans, I think, were modeled after Tally was, and the hood that Tally wears is the art behind that is it it's meant to inspire an image of the virgin mary actually so they were trying to make tally look more virtuous and and like the virgin mary so perhaps that would mean prudent and we have genesis now breaking out a tally scarf and wrapping it around her head right there and so you can see that it does resemble somewhat of a a hood that a nun might wear um of course tally is not a nun and she is uh much more vulgar <laughs> than she might let on at first um but okay let's hear something from someone here in this group that that disagrees that thinks tally is not the the best and and why so genesis you're also raising your hand so i gotta hear this while you're we wearing the uh tally scarf uh yeah so i have pros and cons for every relationship in Mass Effect. Um, the first thing that I wanted to say, though, is that I'm glad that she is not a romance option in Mass Effect 1. I know that a lot of her fans would love that. But technically, she's not an adult. She has not completed her pilgrimage. So therefore, culturally, she's still considered underage. She's still yeah. a minor in her culture. So I would say that maybe mass effect one's not a good romance for tally <laughs> romancing a child Bruh. no <laughs> yeah so yeah okay so mj mar is raising his hand what's up funny because i kind of said the same thing about liara in mass effect one because she's basically like equivalent of a 19 year old 18 year old yes yeah, barely more than a child yeah and that's kind of why i didn't romance her in the first one that's an interesting theme, right? So now now there's two people who are a little more than children. Meanwhile, Shepard is like, you know, 29, right? Or 28 mm -hmm. or 29. And so Shepard is well past being a child, uh, as is most of the crew of the Normandy. But two of the female romance options that you are allowed to have are either a child <laughs> or barely more than a child. Um, 
I wonder how that conversation played out in the Bioware writing room back in 2006, it would have been. Uh, but yeah, that's an interesting theme. And I kind of agree with you here in JMR. That's why I've never been interested in Liara in Mass Effect 1. That and, and the, of course, the very, the very like, uh, you know, pearl clutching, oh my stars, you know, when she does the, uh, the uh, mind meld, uh, the, I can't even remember the, the verbiage right now. I'm a terrible host. Uh, but I when the she goddess, let's embrace eternity. Right. The, 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 uh, the union or what, what does she call it when she, uh, she receives the cipher from Shepard. And so she, she's like, it's been exhausting. I need to go lay down or be checked out by Dr. Chakwas. Um, it's 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 over the top. Uh, and so I apologize to any Liara Manser who's here in chat. Uh, but yeah, for me, that was like that was like, oh, my God, this this blue alien. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I agree with that. And I think that, Jen, you bring up an interesting concept that because of this societal rite of passage into adulthood, that technically she's not an adult yet. Uh, so does anyone have anything else left to say about that before we, before we move on? Okay, I'm not seeing anyone raise their hands. So uh, let's go next down the line. Mike, who is your favorite character uh, to romance and why? So my favorite character is also Tally. Uh, I agree with everything Apollo said. Um, I think, you, you know, I'll... Everybody take all of this with a grain of salt because I know that, you know, every individual person is going to be affected by individual people in different ways. But uh, I haven't completed all of the romances, but uh, of all of them that I've seen, Tally seems very real to me. There was something about the way that, like, I, I don't think I, I actually went into Mass Effect spoiling a lot for myself and thinking that I was going to romance Liara. And then in Mass Effect 2, I kind of, you know, would, couldn't resist once I was able to talk to Tali more. And there was just something about the writing and about the way that she talks to you that felt very real to me. It didn't feel like she was talking to Commander Shepard. It felt like she was talking to me, the player. Mm, um, that's a great point. Yeah, and that's that's a testament to the great writing. Mm -hmm. Um. I think some things that maybe made her feel like that and affected me a lot is I've, I, I think a lot of the characters in this story are loners, you know, like, uh, the, that's why we think that people like, uh, uh, Garrus and Thane and, uh, Rex are, are cool is because they have that kind of lone wolf aspect to them. You know, people like uh, them and uh, Miranda. I don't know as much about Ashley. I'm still on my only playthrough where I've saved her. Um, but it, so many of these characters kind of got to where they are by really looking out for number one. Um, or they are somebody like Liara, where their idea of a good time is going and being alone with a bunch of ruins for 100 years. Um and so, you know, they're all like fairly solitary, but, uh, you know, somebody like Tally, because of the way that Koreans have to live, it has always been around people and the idea of, you know, uh, family, found family, community, et cetera, is very important in a very, very like 
inseparable everyday kind of way to Corian's. Um, and I always felt that when you talk to her, like when, you know, at the end yeah. of Mass Effect 3, when she says, I have a home, she's, you know, you can tell that by that point in the game, you know, home is where the people are. It's not you know, like a house. Like I'm sure all of us, when we're dreaming about living in the Mass Effect world, we're not dreaming about like living in our house and everyone's there. We're dreaming about just like, existing on the Normandy. Like if yeah, I and that's it. in that world, I would just live on the Normandy forever. That's a great point about home being such an important point in mm -hmm. Tally's character development, uh, because it's an, it, home is this nebulous idea that means a lot of different things to different people. Um, but to Tally, it's very important to her because she doesn't have a home. Not like we would think. There is no home world for the Corians come Mass Effect 1 because they've lost it. And then in Mass Effect 2, she uh, reluctantly <laughs> joins the crew again, but she does. Mass Effect 3, you meet back up with her. And, it, you know, she it really is like she has a home with Shepard and Shepard's crew. Um, so that's an interesting point. Okay, so it sounds like there's multiple people here who who did pick Tally. And I want to ask those people who have already you know talked on it so far, even though Tally is your favorite romance, is there anything that she does or says that you can't defend that you're like, mm, that's just, you know, I don't I don't like that or I don't support that or I wish that was better. I'm seeing I'm seeing Apollo shake his head. No, um, I'm seeing that specter. Jay raise his hand. Sorry, um, I just wanted to publicly apologize for my street rat comment because <laughs> I want to get booed off the show just yet. Boo! Oh, brother, this Art. guy stinks! <laughs> but no, no, Allie does really rub me the wrong way. I think she's just genuinely a good person, but I just wanted to... Hey, sorry. Well, I appreciate that. And I'm sure all the other Tallymancers do, too. Now, I understand that you were making the reference to uh, the discrimination that Corians face in Mass Effect. So, um, but yeah, uh, I don't think uh, that I didn't think that I was going to get any of the Tallymancers to uh, say that they didn't like anything. MJ Mar, did you have a thought? Wait, were you just referring just to the uh, Tallymancers or just anything that she's done bad in general? Well, sure. Yeah. If, if you if you don't like one of the things that Tally did uh, or what she said, then then what was it and why? Um, I think you can relate to this when um, she wanted to lie about the, like what her dad did or something like. Yes. Something with her family's history. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not. What? Yeah. Right. And I, I hated the fact that her loyalty was tied to that. Oh, yeah. You're going to lie for me, Shepard? No, yeah, like anything that makes you more of a fake friend. Yes, I you know, I had a long tangent about this on the last playthrough. No, no, no. I think it was I can't remember which playthrough it was now, but I, I was streaming it and I was t telling my viewers, look, I'm not going to compromise my morality just to save her family's like her pride of her family name. Like if she was being honest, she would admit that what her dad did was messed up and it did put the rest of the fleet in danger these are a lot of lives that were at stake and in order to romance her i have to placate her ego well yeah that's probably realistic right but i'm not gonna do it <laughs> like fine i guess you know so so respect yeah um 
I know I know Apollo has thoughts on that. So Apollo. Well, you don't act. Do you actually have to lie? Because I feel like in all my playthroughs, I just do that the paragon prompt or whatever where you just like stomp your feet and say this isn't about this at all this it's about something else entirely and that tali knows more than all the rest of you combined about the geth and you don't actually have to lie so that brings up the different point which is what is a lie is a lie simply telling something that's false or is it any any variation of obscuring and obfuscating the truth and in this instance, I feel like the Paragon and the Renegade options, while both have validity that this is totally a sham trial, they're also burying the lead. They're also burying the truth. And so for me, you know that you guys know that I'm a journalist by trade. I, I can't go along with that because it is it is charming or it's intimidating and it's manipulative. It's manipulative in nature and it's for the benefit of what? So, so I have strong feelings about that. I know I do, but I'm not perfect. Uh, and so I understand that people who really like Tally, maybe some people who are, are you know, they have other favorite romances, don't also don't see anything wrong with that scene. Um, but why don't we move on uh, to the next person, G-Man. G-Man, who is your favorite romance in Mass Effect and why? Uh, well, mine kind of goes... It kind of goes back to my very first playthrough. My very first playthrough, I started with two. Um, so I have to go with Miranda. And there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Um, I think her story gets... Her story's a lot deeper than a lot of people give her credit for. Um, because she has a lot of development in the one game, but doesn't really get a whole lot to, to play with in the third. Um the whole the whole arc surrounding her is largely based around the idea that she's that she is an individual that is worth more than the sum of her parts and she's been somebody who's essentially been on the run since she was a teenager she left her father when she was 16 kidnapped her sister and has basically been placate like you know working for a for an organization like cerberus since you know we don't really know when she got the Cerberus, at least I don't think so. So you're um, saying that even though she's genetically perfect, she's supposed to be, yes. that yes. she's not actually valued enough in her life. Do you think Cerberus values her enough? I think she, I think she convinces herself to feel that way. Um, but I don't think she in her heart of hearts thinks that way. I think she knows that she's, a disposable asset like everybody else and i think that makes her uncomfortable i think that's something that they they hit every once in a while throughout the course of the story and it's something that really hits that shatter point when you hit the collectorship and she realizes just how much of a disposable asset she is um and that's exactly when, that's the vibe that i get from her father too which is yeah. very tragic that she would be on the run from her abusive father you know, and then find herself in this situation uh, working for a human supremacist terrorist organization employer that doesn't value her life either. Yeah, it's is rather tragic. And when all said and done, she's doing a lot of it to protect her sister from her father, which I know we haven't really gotten to that part in the, in the series yet. But the uh, 
a lot of it has to, a lot of it centers around that idea of him being as rich and resourceful as he is and Cerberus being one of the only people you could really run to to do, you know, to protect her against that sort of thing. Um, but I think she also finds like some semblance or idea of what a family is, or at least she like tries to convince herself of that throughout Cerberus. And then and she's once, never had that. Right. Yeah, so. exactly. So you have like, yeah, people Lynn, like she talks about later in the game is that, you know, they don't really question what I want to do. They just give my resources and say, do it. And, you know, it's, she feels like she has like a, a semblance of a home or a family. Um, and then once she's exposed to, you know, the Normandy and something that's outside of that realm. And when you have somebody that's like Shepard, who my, my idea of Shepard would be at least anyway, um, who's exposing her to the idea of what like a nurturing environment would be like, which is something she's never really experienced up to this point. Um, you see a lot of that shell that she's developed over the course of years, because I think a lot of what her story shows that the, the cold exterior she gives you at the beginning is one of the biggest fronts that you could find because like the second you talk to her on the Normandy, she starts loosening up and showing you some of that nurturing stuff that you see throughout some of the comics and like the, the mobile game and things like that. Um, she has kind of that mothering set. She wants to try to be normal. And that's something that they touch on a little bit in the third game is that she wants this semblance of normalcy and she just doesn't know how to find it. Um, yeah and that's actually something that we just went over in the lore cast in the yeah. last episode we, we recorded uh or actually two episodes ago at the end of the redemption comic she tells mm -hmm. liara do something that you want to do and mm -hmm. so tom and i were talking about how it almost has that vague feeling of of pain behind it from miranda where it's as if she's trying to say because i can't because yeah. she's trapped and so uh that is that inter that is pretty interesting i i i do have to ask you though because you're the first mm -hmm. person to say miranda i don't know if you're going to be the only person yeah. but you are the first uh in this chat if you're being honest when these games first came out which we were all at least 15 years younger <laughs> then when these games first came out and you first played them how much of her appearance was a catalyst for you uh wanting to romance her because for me her when, when mass effect 2 came out i was 14 i was all about it i'll be honest so there yes and no. So like the the way they present her at the beginning of the game is a lot of it because they present from the way the game shows her at the very beginning it's very uh she is that very nurturing voice and has the good bedside manner and then immediately turns the tables on you when she shoots wilson um not but Wilson. Does, yeah. <laughs> but she, um, but she, do, it, they do a very good job of putting her in that, like, I'm a tutorial lady and I'm pretty and I'm, you know, I'm very kind and I'm here to help you and stuff like that. So it was a whole package of I'm, I'm, she was like the epitome of what perfection would be from personality standpoint too. And then the second you, the second you finish that mission, it's like, Oh wait, what the heck is wrong with you? Like this, um, <laughs> yeah. her, her appearance was, I mean, you, you gotta be full of it. If you're not saying it's part of a, you know, at least part of a factor. And of course, you know, Yvonne Strahovski is a very stunning woman in and of herself. Um, but the, uh, I don't know that I think what the initial draw changes throughout the course of the game when, you know, when you see all these other characters who are also equally attractive in their own right, um, you just find certain things that draw you more so 
And one of the things that I think has the staying power with me as far as like why my, my shepherd would continue romancing Miranda is the fact that my shepherd kind of sees himself as like a mirror image of what Miranda is. He sees, I see my shepherd as somebody who sees himself as a tool of the Alliance and kind of a, like I'm a disposable asset that's just here to get the job done. And he doesn't really know what he doesn't really understand what normal is either because he just kind of sees himself kind of like Javik does like an avatar of, you know, war. That's interesting. Um, so, so do you think that your shepherd having feel, having felt like a tool for the Alliance and Miranda having felt like a tool for Cerberus, is it like in your head canon that they could just potentially want to run away somewhere together? I think so. I, th- I think that's one of the things like after when all said and done and the, you know, the dust settles, I think they try to figure out what normal is. I think yeah. they, I think they'd probably struggle to find it. And I think they'd probably fall off the wagon a couple of times doing, you know, whatever. But I also think that it would be in my, in my head can, I think that would be the way it would go down. Well, let's open this up to the rest of the patrons here. Does anyone else have particular thoughts? Uh, you know, why Miranda is a good romance. I see Jen raising her hand, Jen. And I, if I know anything about Jen's uh, podcast, I think she's going to address this romance scene. Oh, I wasn't going to go the scene. I was just going to go with the Miranda is my number four. Like she's my fourth favorite romance out of the entire trilogy. So I am all here for uh, somebody picking Miranda as their top romance. I think that when you first see her, you think, okay, there's the eye candy. But she is so much more than that. And there's so much to her story. There's so much to her background. And then there's the character development that you get that is hidden behind this romance wall. Um, You unlock additional dialogue. You find out more about who she is. One of my favorite lines that she has is, what stupid bunch of neurons decided this was the right moment? So Miranda had never what, thought about. So give us some context real quick behind that line, because that, that one's actually standing out to me. I don't recall that off the top of my head. Uh, it, it happens when uh, she's like, okay, what uh, Shepard has shown his interest and uh, then you walk away and that's what she says as you're leaving the room because it's this moment of oh crap now i think i'm kind of i'm catching feelings for shepherd and she's like really we're in the middle of this extremely important mission i'm a career-driven woman who is trying to do right and break away from everything i'm thinking about my sister in the back of my head i've got all this stuff going on in my life and now this stupid little part of my brain wants to go and fall in love what idiotic bunch of neurons are you and meanwhile if you have shepherd if you have a shepherd like mine then it goes to a butt shot and Shepard's like, (laughs) exactly. But she can have such an amazing butt and a great brain. And that's what I love about Miranda. Do not look at her through this reductionist view of, ooh, that's the eye candy. No, it's all part of it. It's a good point. Uh, So basically, Jen's saying that 
uh, we are doing Miranda's character a complete disservice if we merely write her off as the eye candy or even, you know, for fully well-meaning people writing Miranda off as a reason to criticize the writing team. I think it, yeah, it's discounting a lot of the character development that, 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 that does happen. Um, does anyone else have uh, particular thoughts about Miranda? Do you like Miranda's romance? Have you tried it before? Anyone else? So I'm not seeing I'm not seeing anyone else. Uh, Mike. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say I agree that Miranda is both a underrated and underserved romance. Um, you know, the fr from what I can tell, it it seems like uh, she is a pretty realistic depiction, also of a lot of struggles that women in uh, uh, positions of authority have to go through and how they might respond to those. And I think that. You know, you see a little bit of that uh, once you <clears throat> are into the romance enough where she feels comfortable and kind of, you know, letting that wall down with you. But, yeah, I think uh, Bioware really screwed up by not putting more of her in Mass Effect 3 because, yeah, I, th I think she, um, you know, was probably less romance than others just, frankly, because she's a human but but i think that uh of all the romances like she she might be the most like really flushed out uh character i'd have to think about that one more but flushed out huh yeah yeah um <laughs> Um, no, but I agree. Um, and I think that that's a great point you bring up that um, women in positions of authority, uh, like we've talked about in previous episodes of this lore cast, uh, often f uh, feel like they have to be extra serious to leave l less room for the sexist ideology uh, of, of other people to kind of question whether they know what they're doing, which isn't fair and it's not right, but it happens. Uh, and, and a good example of that is how the how the fans have responded to uh, focusing like 99% of what fans talk about is like two seconds of a butt shot and pretty much nobody talks about the other 120 hours of gameplay that involve her. Yeah, well, 120 hours. That's if you're being a completionist, I think. Um, but let's go to the mid break because we got some more patrons to talk about, about their favorite romances so far. Uh, Miranda and Tally have kind of dominated this conversation. Um, Miranda being a dom totally fits. But let's go to the mid break and we will be right back. All right. So everybody knows how VPN services and ExpressVPN can protect your privacy and security online, right? But did you know that there are some secret hidden benefits to using ExpressVPN, like unlocking movies and shows that are only available in other countries? So if you're like me, you probably enjoy watching shows on Netflix, for example. Well, with ExpressVPN, you can unlock the UK version of The Office or Parasite from South Korean Netflix. Over a hundred different countries. All you have to do is change your location and refresh Netflix or whatever, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. In fact, when I set it up for myself, I was surprised at how easy it was. It just installs and then loads up and works. And it works on more than just PCs, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and so much more. So if you want to access hundreds of new shows, use my link right now, expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. 
That's expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect. expressvpn.com slash Mass Effect to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Message coming in. Patching it through. I am sovereign, and this lorecast is mine. I like the sound of that. All right, here we are in the middle of the show, and I'm so sorry I couldn't make it. I've been ill the last few days, and uh, doing a whole hour and a half episode of this uh, in my state wasn't going to happen. But I appreciate all the kind thoughts, and... um, starting to feel a little bit better so thank you everybody for tuning in i hope you're enjoying this episode and uh we don't have any new patrons this week and no new reviews so this is going to be quick because we're going to shout out our pay our shepherd dear patrons including kolkashins ed boy kira c lieutenant tosino that specter j and william thank you so much for your support and if you are interested in joining us on the patreon then go to patreon.com slash Mass Effect Lorecast. Check out all the different stuff you can get, including ad-free episodes and t-shirts and joining us for other chats like this one. And hopefully I will be on the mend and back with you again next week. And big shout out to Sam for hosting this entire episode and all the patrons. I'm so sorry I, I missed you. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to chat with you again next month. So looking forward to that. Thanks for being here, everybody. And thank you for your support. Let's move on with the rest of the show. Spit it out, or are you trying to build suspense? You're so dense, sir. Obviously, I do not know as much about human relationships as I thought. All right, Spectres, we are back after hearing those uh, words from our our sponsors. And so I'm going to let Tom do the mid-break. Uh, he, he's very good at doing the mid-break. And, but since I have you all here, I do want to just tell you directly that I am so thankful for all of the support that you all uh, provide this show. And I have a very, very special uh, thing that that support has allowed me to do. And I will be telling you about it probably. Uh, probably by next month's patron chat and so stay tuned on that i can't really reveal what that is yet um because it is it is something a a surprise that i'm working on Uh, but it is very special and just i just want you to know preliminarily that your support has made a real difference in my life so uh, with that out of the way why don't we continue our conversations about our favorite romance characters and we were just talking about miranda but i have to open this up to everyone Does anyone here really not like Miranda? Does anyone here really not like her romance for any reason at all? Jen also has her hand up again. Now, you just had an impassioned defense of Miranda, but I have to hear this. I have pros and cons for every relationship. I think the cons uh, were definitely talked about already is that her uh, romance in Mass Effect 3 is truly lacking, um, especially if you don't have the Citadel DLC. It it, it feels very short. Uh, there's not a lot of actual romance dialogue. You get a couple of lines of, oh, I missed you while we were separated. And then you go immediately into your culmination scene. And then you don't get any gameplay after that. So the Mass Effect 3 Miranda romance is truly 
one date, one scene, and then it's done. Uh, while the other squad mates get a lot more out of it. Yeah, I feel I feel like that that happened a lot with Citadel DLC. That being um, the team that made Mass Effect realized that there were certain gaps that fans really wanted more of, and that they they didn't include in the original game. So the Citadel DLC was their attempt uh, at patching those holes and in our, in our hearts. And so for Miranda Mansers, I know that they probably appreciated that. Um, but okay, let's move on. Um, the tiles on this Zoom call have shifted. So I'm not entirely sure of who was next, but I believe it was that Spectre J. Uh, that's Spectre J. Who is your favorite romance in the video games and why? So I'm also uh, Miranda's my favorite romance and there's a lot to go behind that. But there was just one that I really wanted to give just kind of like an honorary mention. And that's Samara. Not a lot of people know that you can romance her in Mass Effect 2. And it is... It's hard work to get there, but if you can, it's really rewarding. But I don't want to go off on a side tangent. Now, because- you, real quick on on Samara's note, you have to be very Paragon, right? Yeah. Well, being Justicart, she has her own code that she follows in life, which is like here, and then for her romantic code, you got to be there. So it's something you have to follow very strict Paragon path to be able to even achieve. And I didn't realize it was an option until like couple years into playing the game that's right and then there's also a possible scene in the citadel dlc uh with samara although i gotta be honest from my perspective that scene with samara in the citadel dlc where you you, shepherd just keeps pushing the item keeps pushing the point and trying to get samara to open up and and open up to the idea of of being uh romantic with shepherd i don't really like that in the citadel dlc it came across like hey dude you know no means no uh and there might be variations of that scene but the one that i'm talking about is shepherd really really tries and tries and tries and samara over and over says you know i can't break my code i can't break uh the justicar code and beyond that you know like basically the the answer is no and shepherd continues it and continues it so uh I never, I never went that path. I did try to romance Samara mainly because I was curious, and <laughs> I just, I was met with that huge brick wall right at first, and I was like, "Very cool, have a nice day," and so <laughs> I like continued along my merry way. Um, but you, I'm sorry, that Inspector Jay, you were talking more about why you chose Miranda as your favorite. Yeah, well, I mean. Miranda is somebody that you see just start off as this very cold person. And yeah, I mean, she's physically attractive right off the get go. So yeah, that catches a lot of people's eyes, but if you can make it past that cold exterior, you find this actually genuine human where it's, there's actually a ton of personality and just her character development throughout mass effect two and figuring out who she is and finding out she's just not this, this badass, you know, she's an actual person too. She may be genetically modified to be perfect, but underneath that perfect shell, there is still just a person, you know, who has her own faults and her own failures that she lives with just like any of us do. 
Yes. Um, and I feel like her arc of being the, uh, you know, genetically perfect person, even we as players have a lot of immediate assumptions about her because of the way she looks, because of the way she sounds. And then she says, well, I'm designed to be perfect. And then we have all of these immediate assumptions that are slowly and systematically broken through the writing. So I think that's, I think that's something special. But I got to ask you the same question that I asked G-Man in, in fairness. When these games came out a long time ago, we were a lot younger. How much did her, uh, her, her physical appearance have to do with your initial uh, decision to want to romance her? Well, actually, it's kind of funny because that's that's what my wife looks like. Dark hair, light blue eyes. I mean, that's something that's just always kind of been more attractive to me. You've married well, Space Yennefer of Vingerberg. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, her, you know, her her level of attraction played a certain role in it. It, it caught the eye right off the get go. So it's like, OK, hey, let's uh, investigate this. That's 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 very sweet. That's kind uh, and, and kind of cute, actually, that you uh, have romanced someone in Mass Effect who resembles your partner. Apollo, does Tally resemble your partner? <laughs> he does not. My partner is not does not have that skin complexion, the eye color. She definitely does not. Gotcha. Yeah, my partner does not have purple skin either, um, but that might that would be a problem. And there probably aren't a lot of people in Mass Effect who resemble my partner, but my preferred romance, ironically, is the closest, I think. So that's kind of funny. Um, but all right, let's open this up to the entire uh, patron chat here again. And I'm going to give you one more shot because I don't know if there's another Miranda answer here. Who here really doesn't like any part of like any single part of Miranda's character or if there's something that she says or does that it really just doesn't jive with you that kind of steered you away from her romance. MJMR? I mean, me personally, I kind of, I just, she was mean to me at first and that kind of just turned me off. And like, also she was with Cerberus and I was like, I was with service, but I wasn't with service. You know, like, I'm just working with you guys for now. We're just, you know, we're just coworkers. I wasn't really trying to get too involved with her. So yeah, that was. I mean, but I mean, she was. She ended up being cool though. She was cool. She she is a stone cold ice queen when you first see her. And I remember 14 year old me or whoever old I was during Mass Effect 2. I remember that opening cinematic. I'm like, oh, <laughs> who's this? Please tell me I can romance her. And like, you know, first time playing, I don't know if I can or not. And then we get to that uh, Minuteman station uh, and there's the talk with the elusive man. And then right before you get on the shuttle and end the mission to go to Freedom's Progress, uh, you can talk with Miranda. And here I was very hopeful that I had a shot. And in 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 how she talks to Shepard at that point, I soon understand that I actually had a snowball shot in hell. <laughs> so I was sad uh, and I was devastated and I was never the same. Uh, but I didn't give up hope and I did end up romancing Miranda in my first playthrough of Mass Effect 2. Uh, and so I do understand she was like really mean 
right off the get-go. Um, so if that's not your thing, I guess, uh, then then <laughs> then probably steer clear of her. But like I said before the mid-break, uh, something tells me Miranda's into that kind of thing. Um, but let's proceed with the patrons here. Uh, again, the tiles have shifted, so apologies if I'm getting the order mixed up. But I think, Turbo Toboggan, you were the next and final patron of ours talk i'm i'm missing am i skipping you jen uh i think me g-man and turbo have not gone so we, we did talk and to then, g-man about miranda and yeah, uh, oh, okay. Mar, i think hasn't gone yet oh tiles Look, shifted for me too so yes the tiles have shifted for me so excuse excuse my uh going out of order here uh mj mar since especially since this is your first patron chat that you've been on tell us who your favorite romance is and why um it's, it's, it's gotta be liara i mean in my first i didn't romance her in the first game but that was just because i messed it up somehow like maybe i think it's i was talking to ashley yeah but i mean um i think the mass effect 3 and the um battle broker dlc i romance through them so i just really like how her romance goes like, like she starts off like kind of infatuated with you because she's obsessed with you because you're like connected to the proteins and she's obsessed with the proteins and then she matures and she's like okay now like i can i, I can kind of get with you now because you're mature you're like you're you, you, you got your shit together. Oops, sorry. You got yourself together. You That's okay. Know. I curse all the time. <laughs> okay, my, okay, cool, cool. And then, and then the, in the last game, I feel like I think maybe there could have been a little bit more with her with their romance, but I feel like it wrapped up pretty nicely. And you know, since she can romance her in all the games, and she's um, she's a pretty significant presence in all the games, I feel like it's really just, just the most complete. And I, you know, she's she's pretty attractive, so you know. She is so integral to Mass Effect, uh, and I've had this conversation a lot with uh, different fans of the series that if if there was one romance option that it feels like is supposed to be canon, I think it's Liara. I think given the writing, all of the different ways that they've integrated Liara into Shepard's story, even while Shepard was dead. Uh, and that's an that's another added layer to that romance arc that that's really special if you've chosen to romance Liara that she never stops fighting for you, and even if she doesn't think that she can get you back, she still wants to make sure that your body is not desecrated and handed to the, to the collectors, and she's willing to die herself to make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, so that's really special. Um, but. Uh, does anyone else have any thoughts that they'd like to include about Liara? I, I saw a lot of nods going on when, when MJ Mar was talking. Uh, that's Spectre J. Yeah, I think I agree with MJ when he's saying that she's one of the most complete. I mean, she's such an in-depth character. I mean, Mass Effect would not be the same if Liara was not in it. The storyline would not be the same. They couldn't just write that into another person it fits her so well and actually just my last playthrough is the first time that i've actually ever romanced liara through all three trilogies because you know it was like we discussed earlier it's like she's a child of one and it's kind of like ah you're 103 but you, you barely looked at more than a 16 year old ah, i don't know how i feel about this but uh, i but, <laughs> so i 
you know, I've gone through every game doing somebody different and <laughs> pun intended, but um, going a different course with uh, different people and see how it is. But she is definitely a top tier. It's just her story is so deep and she's an excellent person to choose. That is really special, being able to romance her in all three games and carry that over. Uh, and maybe one of the people who's uh, more familiar with Liara's romance can enlighten me. Does Matriarch Athena ever bring up the fact that her child was barely more, or well, her kid was barely, barely more than a child when you first met her? Because that would be an awkward point of contention if you meet your partner's <laughs> parent and they're like, hmm... Why don't you take a seat? <laughs> why, 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 don't we, why don't we chat about this for a little bit? No, there's no conversation about age or anything like that, but there definitely is a sit down and I'm going to grill the person who's dating my daughter. And so that is a really good. And Shepard can give it back up. to mm -hmm. Matriarch Athena, right? Shepard can say, yeah. I forget what the interrupt is. Do you remember what it is, Jen? Uh, no, not off the top of my head. I don't. Yeah. Um, I think it's something like I, I, I care about her too. It's, it, it's an immediate affirmation of, I don't want to see her hurt either. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the very few times that I feel like Shepard in the course of a romance can choose an interrupt and really push back against the narrative that's being already, already laid down, uh, which is nice. Uh, Wait, when did Jamar? When did that happen? That was during the um, Presidium Commons like cafe scene uh, in Mass Effect Three. So I think it's after the Citadel coup, right? Oh, okay. I just, this is that lady at the. Uh, or is this before the, the coup? Uh, yeah, it's the the bartender. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I remember that. Yeah, and we actually run into her in Mass Effect Two as well, right? I think it's her on Ilium, uh, and she, as you're drinking, progressively puts more and more makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. Um, but yeah, Liara's, Liara's romance is uh, pretty special, even if, if she is, you know, I guess barely more than a child. I mean, she's still a hundred some years old, right? 109 in Mass Effect 1. Um, but that being said, with her age, I'd like to hear from the people who are Liara fans here. How is it that with a, an Asari who lives to about a thousand, right? How is it that this one Asari matures so fast, so lightning fast for them over the course of two, two and a half years? Uh, Mike has thoughts. What's the answer, Mike? I have, I have a real hot take on this one. I think everybody who says that she's a child is completely wrong, uh, doesn't know anything about medicine, and is possibly sexist. So it, what if I, okay, you got to back up and, and elaborate. I'll, for I'll us, get please. to all of them real quickly. So if I remember my aging science correctly, the only reason that we die and get old is because as life goes on, your cells lose the ability to regenerate. They become less efficient and they, it's not that your cells are actually breaking down. Your cells are always breaking down. It's just that your cells, uh, your body over, over time loses its ability to degrade or to replace dead cells with new good ones uh, goes away. So if if somebody was able to magically like uh, make it so that uh, humans could live to be 300, you would still grow up and stop growing by the time you're like 25 or so, or it, it might be 26 is when you technically stop growing. 
So you you would then just age way slower after that. You wouldn't like grow up really slowly and like you know look like a teenager until you were ninety, and then then start to age. You would still go through the normal growing into an adult phase, and then it's just that you would be able to maintain that significantly longer. That's from from my limited understanding. You can you can ask your doctor friend about that. My limited understanding of genetics and how aging works. That is the reality. So like you know. But that, for Asari, the thousand years is their natural lifespan outside right. of the possibility of Prothean meddling thousands of years ago. But I I believe it's mentioned somewhere that the reason that they are able to live that long is because of their like they have regenerative regenerative abilities uh that are really good i i think it it is mentioned somewhere it's the same thing with why uh salarians die when they're 40 is because they have extremely fast metabolisms uh i guess those aren't those might not uh you know be too related but so, right. Well, if I die when I'm 40, it's not going to be because of my fast metabolism. It'll probably be because of my insatiable love of beer and pizza. Yeah. <laughs> my, and the other half of that is even if even if you don't believe me on any of those things, uh, she is still a, a published academic. Uh, she's a, a published scholar with a at least one, possibly multiple PhDs. So like, oh, wait, what? What more do you want? Like, like yes. she, you got her PhD and then did research for sixty years, and you're like, mm, I don't know. The, she seems pretty childish, and then she just like hangs out with you for eighteen months and does some crimes, and you're like, okay, now you're an adult. Now it's so. Time. So do you think people are confusing bookish qualities of her being a nerd with being a child? I think it's partly she was written a little, her dialogue is written a little awkwardly in the first game. And I think it's also partly that, you know, uh, other species just don't have a good way of relating how their aging works to humans. They sit like, they'll say, you know, um, like I'm, when they say like, I'm just a child by your standards, they mean like in the amount of years that you live, not necessarily like society wise, because like how 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 do you really explain that to somebody who can't imagine living that long? So when she's like, you know, playing herself down, she's also talking about like, well, there are other people who have a thousand years of life experience. So like obviously I don't know as much about them, but you know, it's like I, I think it 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 it's a little icky for me to have even your canon commander Shepard who's in their early thirties talking to somebody with a PhD who has been doing research for twice as long or twice, if not three times as long as you have existed and saying like, Oh yeah. Commander Shepard is way more adult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I see a couple people raising their hands and I, I do want to get to you, but I also want to give MJ Mar a chance to respond to that since uh, you're the one who said that Liara is your favorite romance. How do you address these, you know, accusations uh, that that Liara is barely more than a child? Mike just had an impassioned defense of it, but I would like to hear from you. I mean, it makes sense. Like, I, it, it does kind of make sense because it's just, I mean, for, and they're a whole different species. So, 
Like, we could really just be totally different. Like, we only have our understanding of how we age. So, yeah, it totally makes sense because, like, how he was saying, you know, it's not like you're just looking like a child for 50 years or whatever. You know, like, I feel like that is kind of like, like, you know, like, so it, it, I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. And, I mean, I also kind of think maybe when they were talking about, oh, yeah, she's barely a child, like, maybe they're just kind of, like, exaggerating. Like, yeah, like, she's, like, how people say, like, 22-year-olds are kids or whatever. Yeah, yeah like that's like fair. That. And, okay, so what is your favorite element of the romance with Liara across all three games. What do you think is is the moment where maybe it was a, a certain line in the way she said it, or maybe it was more of like an action during a scene that happened where you're like, man, like this is this is this is right. This is this is definitely the best one. Um damn that's tough. I mean she she probably has multiple moments like that. Maybe when you embrace eternity with her in Mass Effect 1. I feel like that's like, I mean, it's it's a deep moment, at least, you know, because for her, you know, you're just, you know, that's really, that's a really intimate, personal thing. And maybe like in the Sh Shadow Broker DLC, like, um, like just really that whole DLC, it's just it's like, a, it's like a date, you know, it's like, it's a nice bonding experience and you really, like, you guys really go through it together in that, in that DLC. Speaking of that DLC, have you ever romanced Liara in one and then romanced someone else in two and then met up with her in the DLC? No, I've, so I've never romanced her in one. Um, I, so I've, I have two playthroughs that I've only, only two playthroughs I've done through the trilogy. The first one, I uh, failed romancing her. The second one, I didn't romance her. But this, when I played, um, the second time I played the Shadow Broker DLC, I, I was romancing Jack. And I was, I tried to romance Liara, but she's like, wait, aren't you like with Jack or something like that? Like, and I was like, oh, wait, how does she know that? But she's she gets very vindictive. Yeah. She's the shadow broker. She yeah. knows everything, which is yeah, that would be incredibly intimidating, wouldn't it? I was scared. I was like, wait, how do you know? Like, what? Like, I was supposed to know that. Like, there is, yeah, there is no messing around on Liara. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I know Jen has thoughts about this one. We've talked about it uh, off air before, Jen. Okay, uh, I have so many things to say right now, uh, but I also want to back up Mike's statements with actual in-game lore. Uh, because of, of an Asari's natural healing ability and tissue regeneration, they never stop fully developing. So I'm going to take it to my zone here for a minute, if you'd like. Okay, because I'm going uh, to yeah, anyway. You go for it, yep. Okay. Asari women, or Asari never stop developing breast tissue. Now, their biotic abilities is actually directly correlated to the size of their chest. So as their power grows, mm -hmm, as their power grows, their boobs get bigger. That's why we have Matriarch Benezia as one of the strongest biotics in the game in Mass Effect 1. Now, Liara doesn't really use her biotics in Mass Effect 1, so she's much smaller. By Mass Effect 2, she's growing into her own power biotically. They get bigger. And by Mass Effect 3, she is the badass, bouncy, boobed babe that she is. Is that actual lore? 
Yes. <laughs> that, yeah. That's actual yeah. that's actual lore. So so the bigger your boobs are, the more powerful your biotics. Yep. Turbo's got thoughts. I gotta hear him. Does that mean if someone is like random happenstance is like um I don't know how to say it right, but uh can't use biotics at all. It's like uh is uh what's Inept, inept, inept antibiotics. Would that mean that they would be flat chested? As an Asari, most likely, which is right. why I think he, a theta is small. He just asked the is the inverse true? Yeah, it's like is like, I was wondering like the inverse tr- true is like it's like it's like really really bad at uh biotics. It's like it's like it's not my it's not my fault because my boobs are small. That's why I'm not good at biotics. This has been enlightening. I would like um, to defend myself really quickly since I since that is not exactly what I was talking about. And I'm, the tissue, no, the, their natural healing ability and tissue regeneration is canon lore. With that, that's the part that I was supporting with you on that, not the second you, half, which was on me. But you reminded me I, a good way to think about it is uh, uh, I believe most reptiles also don't never technically stop growing. Like that's why like the older an alligator is, the larger the bigger it is. its boobs are. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so you know when they find like oh this some super old alligator was like the the biggest one ever, uh, but you know an alligator that I don't know. Let's say alligators live to be a hundred years on average. I have no idea how long they live. Motherfuckers have like double D's. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if an alligator lived to be a, uh, lived to be 200 somehow. It doesn't mean it would still look like a baby alligator when it's 50. It just means that it's going to live, you know, how like that many more years as an adult alligator. Right. I'm, I'm actually wondering how this might all piece together in the image of Liara that we got in the Mass Effect trailer for the next Mass Effect. A lot of people arguing online about the presence or non-presence of wrinkles on Liara's face. So this might actually be particularly pertinent if they put that much thought into the trailer. And that's a big asterisk if they did. Turbo, you have thoughts. I'm guessing it's about alligator boobs. Go on. No, it's lobster boobs. Okay. <laughs> is it? Are, 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 is that? What the? There's a cat. Uh, okay. There's a there's a cat walking around on Jin's desk. Okay. Uh, but but yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry to have interrupted. I, this made me think of lobsters because lo- the reason lobsters die is because their their shells just get so thick and huge that they just can't pop out of them, and it causes them to just like get constricted inside their. Not shells, exoskeletons. So if an Asari gets so bad, do their boobs kill them? Is that where they die? It's not that they die from old age, it just dies with their boobs close to their chest. (laughs) This episode has gone off the rails and is definitely not sponsored by Brazzers. Um, and <laughs> so I'm so glad that this point has been brought up, but we do need to, to go forward with the show. And Tom is just now listening back in. <laughs> Tom is here. He's running the Zoom call, but he's actually been, uh, I think, handling the fact that he's not feeling well. So this is a hell of a, a topic for Tom to come back and monitor. We know he's been putting he put a message here in the Zoom chat, uh, but we do have to keep this ball uh, moving. So, Jen, I think you were up next to talk about the samurai chicken 
Yeah, I, yeah, I am. I am here to talk about Best Boy Garris. Uh, I think I've made it pretty clear by now. I do have a lot of romances in Mass Effect. I have so many that I've gone through. Um, Caden being one of my favorites. Uh, but Garris really is the one that kind of kicked it all off for me. I love it. I think that the Garrus romance starts off in the place of respect and then it grows into, it starts from a place of respect and friendship and trusting each other and we're going to have your back and every situation and then it grows to, I never really thought about going cross species, but I'm attracted to your personality. I'm attracted to who you are behind all of this. And that's what develops the it into a physical relationship for the two of them. I think it's amazing. So, okay. because Okay. So for those of you who don't know, Genesis runs the two girls, one ship podcast where they very, they, they hyper-focus on these elements of the games, the romances, and I know that you've talked about it on the show. How would that physicality even work between an alien who has, uh, you know, a hard carapace and a squishy being like human beings? We have definitely had this conversation off air before. Um, but I would have to say that not all parts are covered in carapace. Uh, I think that we see that Turbo brought up lobsters. You flip a lobster over and that soft underbelly is soft. I think that there are definitely parts under his armor that are soft and squishy and malleable. Like his chest, right? Um, no, I think that's still a little bit rock solid, but moving off of the rib cage down to the stomach, maybe a little bit of the upper thigh. That's probably a little bit more squishy. So he's famous. Really got a bird chest. <laughs> <laughs> famous Turian erogenous zones, the upper thigh. Uh, um, so. Morton sent me the detailed documents on that of Turian and human erogenous zones. So I've definitely read over that information. And I love that aspect about Garrus too. Not only does he read everything that Morton sends, he asks Joker for additional information on how to be with a human. He then in Mass Effect 3, he talks to Vega extensively about like, hey, I'm getting back together with my human girlfriend and I want to make sure that everything that I'm doing is so right for her. And then it gets to, you get him on his date on top of the Citadel bridge. And he's like, I watched videos to see how this would go, but I never thought that this emotional connection would be there with you. So Garris he's a, he's a good boyfriend. falls in love with you. Yeah, he's, he's a, a great boyfriend. He's he cares, and so I am. I have not done a, a femship playthrough where I've romanced Garrus yet. It's on the agenda. I definitely want to because of the uh, adamant uh, fellowship that it has gathered with Garrus Mansers. I'm sure that they're onto something there, and it sounds like it's probably one of the best written romances in the game. 
Uh, I got to open this up to the rest of the patrons here. Does anyone? Uh, wow, uh, Specter J, you got to have thoughts. What's up? Yeah, sorry. I just, you know, Garris is one of my. See, I've I've never done a femshep playthrough. Never. I've been working as a completionist as a male chef playthrough as a 100 or 0% to a 100% completion on everything you do with male shepherd. I have yet in the years of playing to even do a fem chef playthrough. And that's actually going to be either after this playthrough or after the next, I think I've pretty much done everything as a male shepherd, but um, I'm, I just wanted to comment on Genesis's sorry, I'm losing myself here. I just wanted to comment on Genesis's um, point of view because Garris is like one of my best friends in the entire game. And she speaks very highly of the romance option with him. And I'm very excited about it. So that's all I wanted to say. Yeah. Well, right on. I always support people playing the games again in a, in a way that they've never played them uh, because there's so much content there. There's really like so much content that people are on like their 19th and 20th playthroughs not, uh, and they're still discovering new things. And that's that's amazing. Um, Genesis with Garrus, how much of your falling in love with him was thanks to Brandon Keener's stellar performance? Okay, the performance is definite. The performance and the voice is a huge key aspect to it um, because there's not a lot between Garrison Shepard that happens physically. So you can't compare it to, you know, like the cadence, you know, kissing, making out scenes or the tossing you onto the bed ones. We don't get that so much with Garrus. So a lot of it is with the words that he delivers directly into your heart. And, you know, and you, you've asked everybody else kind of what your favorite romance moments are in that. And for me, it's at the very end, the moment before, before you go to the final beam room with Garrus and you can not only hear Jennifer Hale and Brandon Keener crying in their, in their dialogue to each other. Um, forgive me for the insubordination but your boyfriend has a request and it gets me every single time because there is no shepherd without Vicarian and it's it's a it's a wonderful scene I've seen it before and there's such strong um of course, it's there's there's unique elements to it because of Mass Effect and because of Garrus, but there's also strong elements that I picked up on of the uh, old tale of Spartans, Spartan wives telling their husbands, come back with your shield or on it. Mm -hmm. And I felt that a lot with Garrus and the way that he talks to Fim Shep in that final run, like you're describing. Katarians don't know how to duck and they don't know how to retreat, but somehow in the end we'll end up together. And if I'm alone up there in that part, just know I'm looking down at you and you're That's never alone. That scene, it gets me even with being a bro chef. Like, I think that scene is like meant to just cut us right under the ribs. Uh, because when, when Garrus tells us, you know, like, you know, meet you at the bar. That's like, 
dude, that guy's your ride or die for sure. Uh, and you realize the weight of everything that's about to happen. And it's just a masterfully written scene. And uh, so I'm ashamed, I guess, of how long it has taken me to try and be a fem chef and romance scares, because I'd love to see what that's like. Um, Okay, does anyone else, MGMR, you have a thought? Yeah, I was kind of just going off what you were saying. Like, he's really just like your best friend there. Like, he's he's in the first game. second game third game like he's there to everything so like i mean if i was if i had to uh if i was friendship i'd probably romance here because he's like he's gonna fight for you you know he's gonna like he's just real he's super super i love gears yeah he's he's 110 percent sincere uh and so I, i appreciate that as well mike what's up I wanted to say, I also think <clears throat> Garrus is really endearing just because he's he's kind of the only character, if you think about it, uh, I mean, other than Joker, who is, like, very funny on his own. A lot of, like, the like funny humor stuff in Mass Effect comes uh, either unintentionally or from dialogue between people. Garrus is one of the only people who does a lot of, like, uh, really funny... Uh, making jokes on his own and kind of like, I think he acts like he's like, he thinks he's really hot shit because he thinks he's like, he probably thinks that of himself a little bit, but I know that he understands that it's funny to pretend like he thinks he's like really, really hot shit. Like the way that uh, one of my favorite lines is uh, in the uh, shooting bottles scene when he says like, yeah, you're pretty good with a gun, but some of us can make it dance. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think Gareth actually thinks that. I just think he thinks it's funny to act like he's so much better than Shepard. Um, but he also, on the flip side, is kind of a doofus and, like, doesn't realize it. Like, the the dorky parts of Gareth, he seems to not understand. Like, the fact that he kind of talks like a 50s noir detective in a way. Like, one of the funniest little throwaway lines for me is in the Citadel DLC when he's distracting a security guard and says like, Oh, a human, uh, I need your help. I'm on the outs with my human girlfriend. And I was like, who says on the outs anymore? Like, <laughs> It's a weird translator from the Omni tool. But yes, uh, Garrus, Garrus is hilarious. I love that Citadel glass bottle shooting scene, especially if you let, if you let him, you know, if you miss on purpose, and then he, he makes the shot. He's like, I'm Garrus Vakarian, and <laughs> this is my favorite spot on the Citadel. I'm so amazing. It's, yeah, it's pretty hilarious. He loves giving a playful ribbing to his friends. That's ribbing with a B. So, <laughs> um, uh, oh, sorry, Tom. I just I, wanted to say, Garrus is just such a standalone character. I mean, I played the game so many times. My, my four year old, she knows who Garrus is. Like, if I'm playing, she'll walk up and, like, Hey, it's Garrus. I'm like, you're awesome, kid. Go play. I mean, that's just the kind of he is. He's influencing four-year-olds. You could blow her mind if that Smuckers commercial comes on. <laughs> and I think you know the one that I'm talking about where Brandon Keener, I was, I had it on the background one day and then I heard Garrus and I'm like, is Garrus talking to me about fucking PB&Js right now? And <laughs> sure enough, it was. Um, but okay, Turbo. You've waited very patiently to talk about Tally. 
and it is now your chance. You have the final say when it comes to who your favorite romance is and why. Why is it Tally? Um, it, it, uh, it's kind of like with uh, Jen with Garrus and stuff. Like it, I, I, I like, I like that. Like it's not. It's like like her personality is what um, gets me kind of so because like I like I like. Seeing you see her like like I said earlier, you see her grow and and uh from the 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 new uh okay young woman into adult, but you you like you see her get the confidence and stuff like you you I, I, you fall in love with her personality because you don't really see her face you you just or you you can see her body because the the it's kind of like a spacesuit skin tight and all that but you don't really see, like you. I fell in love with her personality more than that because it's just like, oh, well, except for the uh, white eyes that look like a space specter. That's all you, you, that's all you see of her. Are you telling then, me that the, like the three toes wasn't it for you? No, I don't really got a foot thing. I'm actually the exact opposite. It's like, oh, I don't like feet. It's like statistically one of us is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, okay, Turbo, what's your favorite scene with Tally? Drunk Tally. Drunk Tally. So for those of us who have, yeah, for those of us who have never seen it, uh, there's a scene in Mass Effect 3. Is it right? Uh, or is it 2? During the I bar. Mass Effect well, 2, I think Jen she gets says. drunk in, two, in both of them, but I don't remember which one it is that she does the induction for. I think it's in the second one because I think she's with Liar and Javica there. All right, so Jen, Jen and Apollo have to take off because they are going to go uh, handle the Two Girls, One Ship podcast. We're running, running into their recording time. Uh, so I will see you later, uh, Jen and Apollo. Thank you so much, both of you, for being here. Yes, big hearts, major loves. I have to go prep. Um, and yes, uh, it was the emergency induction port is in Mass Effect 2 because it is after Miranda dealing with her daddy issues. Okay. Yes. Bye. Okay. See ya. See you next month. See ya, Apollo. So, uh, Tally's induction port scene is so hilarious uh, because we don't really see many of the squad mates really let loose and get um, inappropriately drunk on duty. <laughs> There's probably a reason for that. But Tally's is particularly funny uh, for a number of reasons. I mean, why did you like the scene, Turbo? Well, I, I, I liked it. Well, it's like, I think, I can't remember if it was, but for me, I all, it's the only way I remember is like, it's the first time you see any of them really not, well, they, they get emotional, but it's like, she gets completely up like loosens the tie and just like and stuff like you don't really see any other ones as they get angry and stuff i can't remember if, and stuff if anyone else gets really angry like maybe uh i'm not i know i can't think of anyone that gets except for the miranda and uh jacob uh, not jacob miranda and uh jack fight no one really loses it to my memory which isn't that well that good so i kind of like seeing someone actually like you get to see someone kind of vulnerable yes and ashley does lose it in the same way by drinking way too much um but oh, it is a little bit dies. different 
in mind a lot. <laughs> oh my god. He's like, yeah, she's um she doesn't lose it because she loses everything. She actually turns to ash. Yeah, that's how I usually I usually play. I'll I'll lot recently too. Like I'll I'll start dating Ashley, and even before the first thing, she dies on Vimir after I've even chosen her, and it's like Tally is the one that makes me come to love again. <laughs> so you're going for Ashley, and then you're like, listen, I'm sorry that this had to happen to you, but like you got to detonate <laughs> that bomb, and then you're distraught. Your love interest perished <laughs> in in a nuclear blast behind you, and uh, you're flying away. You're like, but that that purple girl, what's she? Uh, are you single? <laughs> so, um, your rebound. Is that is that what you're saying, Turbo? <laughs> yep, rebound. Nice. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, well all the talent answers are going to be in our inbox. Like, I can't believe you would reduce my my tally, my best girl, to a to a rebound. It's not so much a okay. It is a rebound, but it's not so much a rebound. It's it's kind of like you can't date someone like a a a Ashley again. And it's like, oh, Liara and, yeah. and Ashley were both there for your affection. Who's the one person that you've known since the beginning of this? That was never fine for your affection. It's either Garrus or or, or uh, Talion. No offense, male Shep can't romance Garrus. If I could, I would have gone for Garrus instead. Okay, that's awesome. Actually, you can with a mod. I don't know if you plan to play with mods, but you can. I don't know I how can't. how good it is. I've never played with that mod, but you know, I I hear a lot of people who don't romance Tally say that they could never romance Tally because that would be spoiling the happiness between Garrus and Tally. That, of course, they end up together if you don't romance either one of them. What do you have to say to them, Turbo? I think Garrus would still be happy that Tally and, and Shepard are happy because that's his two best friends. Like, Garrus is that kind of dude. He's like, I'm glad you two are happy. And he sincerely means it. Yeah, and he sincerely means it because it's like, it's like you, like you just, like Jenny, you just said. He's like, I'll be watching you from the bar. It's like, and if and and, 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 and Shepard isn't there for uh, him, uh, he, he's like, I can be happy with Tally too. And I bet if you could romance Cannon without mods, Garrus, I bet Ty would be the exact same way. Like, I'm happy for you and Garrus, Shepard. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think so. So they're like right. the old. I, I, the reason I like her so much is because she's one of the few characters that. Is always on your crew in every single every game. The only other person is Garrus, right? Yeah, Garrus and Lyra yeah, are the ones that every single game. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're not including Shadowbroker DLC, yeah. uh, then then yes, I, I believe it's just Garrus and Tally. Uh, and technically, well, the Vermeer Survivor is absent too, so uh, but does come back in three. But um, that is that is everyone, and I believe I didn't I didn't miss anyone. Uh, we have had some patrons have to go uh, over the course of this episode. I know uh, Ed Boy would have liked to have been here, but had to duck out. Um, so uh, I believe Ed Boy was going to say that Tally is also his favorite 
romance. So Tally, clearly the most popular favorite romance here and might be the most popular uh, romance in the entire community. I'm not sure. I'm just going anecdotally off of what I've heard. Uh, but like I said at the beginning, if anyone's curious about what my thoughts on Ashley are, go check out those episodes next. But we are at the end of the patron chat. So now let's go back around. I have a, I have a new sequence of uh, people here. I'm going to go back around these squares and uh, you can let people know how to get a hold of you if you're part of the discord and uh, if you've got any stuff like side uh, podcasts or streams going on uh, MJ Mar. Um, I don't really got anything you know if you want to talk Mass Effect um, you know, hit, hit me up on discord at MJ Mar. Um, I'm on PlayStation so you know just hit me up if you want to play some games or whatever but you know, it was a lot of fun being here um, you guys have a good night and I hope Tom you feel better Right on. Yeah, I hope Tom feels better, too. And thank you for being here. Very nice to meet you, uh, MJ Mar. Uh, OK, um, G-Man, we got, got anything going on and uh, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, no, nah, I'm a, I'm good. Uh, just uh, I'm just G-Man in the discord. If you want to talk Mass Effect, I'll be there. I've, I don't really do anything other than that. I'll just hop in, and say hi every once in a while. But that's about it. Thanks for having me on course thanks for being here g-man turbo um i don't got anything going on uh uh you want to talk to me a dude on discord uh message on discord stuff i'll try to get back to you as soon as i see it and stuff um that's about all i got going on yeah thanks for being here turbo and uh can't wait to talk to you next month that specter j yeah i really don't have much going on uh i'm on the discord you know, I, I've told people before I do mass effect wood burnings on the side and everything. I'm actually trying to get my own podcast going yet. It's in the very infantile stages of just even figure out what the basis is that I want it to be on. But yeah, I mean, I'm on the discord and, uh, I play it on X. I play the game on Xbox. So, I mean, I think it'd be cool try and get a bunch of people together one of these days, load up the old mass spec three and do some online. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I hope I hope that maybe our listeners and maybe some of you, the patrons, uh, are now considering maybe romancing uh, a person that they haven't romanced before or don't typically romance. Uh, I might hit you up about those wood burnings. Those sound cool. That Specter J. Uh, of course. And Mike, uh, the uh, excellent musical uh, genius that we have here that uh, someone once likened your voice to the elusive man. What do you got going on? I st- this, that still doesn't make any sense to me, but maybe that's because I'm in my own brain. Uh, the only thing I have to plug, my usual plug for our patron chats is if you like listening to the sound of my voice and you're like, boy, would I love to hear that guy talk about Mass Effect nonsense for another 90 minutes, you can go uh, check out the music episode of this very podcast. That remains... I think the most popular answer I hear from listeners of ours when they talk about their favorite episodes. So uh, I bet a fair share of whoever's listening to this episode right now has already listened to that one. I've spoken with multiple people who have said that they've listened to that Music of Mass Effect episode multiple times. Uh, So maybe I should... I should should go back and and re-listen to that one. Um, So... 
All right. But everyone, thank you so much for being here. Um, I, I, again, have a very special thing to share with you all about uh, basically the tangible real world impact that your support has has allowed me. And I, I can't wait to tell you about that next month. Uh, but until the inspectors, uh, we are going to have the Mass Effect Lorecast next week, and we're going to resume and probably wrap up our conversation on Miranda. That's going to be during the games. So we're going to have a lot of sound bites and different clips that we're going to talk about Miranda's character development specifically within the games now that we've covered her during the comics. So I know that we've been talking about Miranda for a little bit, but there's a lot to get through. And uh, so we just got at least uh, one more week, maybe two more weeks of Miranda. But until then, Spectres, I uh, love this show and I should go. Thanks for tuning in to the Mass Effect Lorecast. We'd love to hear your opinion and thoughts on the lore of Mass Effect. Reach out to us on Twitter at Mass Effect Cast or check out the Robots Radio Discord. Also, you can send us an email at MassEffectLorecast at gmail.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.